looking for some new podcasts to listen to? Well, Rat Sound Review Network has plenty of shows to choose from. Like Rat Sound Review, where they discuss the latest rock and metal news, as well as interviews and albums. Album vs. Album, the King Diamond Podcast, with Wayne Noon, Greg Noggle, and sometimes this guy. Smack him a gob! Ralph Vieira is also on our network with the Vieira Vault. There's also Old Man Metal's Musings, where he discusses heavy metal and beer. Music is Life with Lou Mavs. The Right Opinion for Those Who Love Politics. A South Park podcast called Suck My Balls. The Infinite Fringe. A watch-along wrestling show called Beyond Bushido. Extradivarius guitarist, the Timo Tolki podcast. And the great Harry Barnett with I Don't Even Like Podcast and The Laugh Cast. So check out RatSoundReview.com or search RatSoundReview on YouTube, Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and more. Hi everybody, this is Dave from the band Twisted Tower Dire. Uh, Wayne asked me to do a short video um, having something to do with King Diamond. And um, I've never seen King Diamond live. I've seen Merciful Fate, so I've seen him, but I haven't seen his solo act. Um, but the first thing that came to my mind was uh, the first show I ever played in a club was TTD. It was at a small club in Garner, North Carolina. And the other band playing with us, um, I think there were two bands actually. Uh, one was called Iscariot. I think they played that show. Um, the other one was called Sorrow Bequest. Um, they were like a melodic death metal band. Uh, I had three guitar players, really good. And um, two of those guys, actually, I guess three of them went on to start the band Widow. They're a great band, too, so if you haven't heard of them, definitely check them out. Um, they played through their set, and the last song they played was uh, Sleepless Nights. Um, I was familiar with the song. I thought it was kind of a weird choice because they definitely had the death metal vocals, but uh kind of helped you to really focus on the music and hear how cool those guitar riffs and stuff are. Um, and I have a copy of it on cassette. Um, I don't have a cassette player right now, but I did find a uh, video on YouTube of them playing it back at the club called Kings in Raleigh. Uh, looks like it's January of 2000, so, um, so I'll play a little bit and show it to you. Take it easy. Welcome to this broadcast belongs to them. What's up, everybody? Evening. Hello. Oh. Ah. Uh. <laughs> Greg, you got anything? <laughs> Yo. <No. laughs>
Uh, all right. Well, it's been a while since our. Uh, no, actually, it's been a week since the last episode. But uh, it's a good episode last week, I think, with uh, Snowy Shaw. Really good interview, and he will be on this week's episode as well. So we are on the I. Everybody listened to the I. I hope. I did. Yeah, it's been a good. Been a long time. Yes. yes, it has been a long time. I listened to it a couple times today. I mean, uh, I still remembered it pretty well. This was the first King solo album I had, so I listened to it quite a bit. And this, Ralph actually, uh, well, Ralph did a ranking King Diamonds video that was very good um, that he posted the other day, but I told him we only differed on one spot, and that is, for me, the I would be my second favorite. Really? Yeah. Wow. The I was like my third, right? No, my fourth, I think. Fourth, yeah. Well, yeah, this is my first. Yeah. This was my first, too. And uh, I wasn't too crazy about it when I first heard it because of the electronic drums. And I was just really getting into metal at the time. And I'm like, "Mm, electronic drums on metal album? It's kind of weird. He he is such. Snowy is such. So much more decisive in his playing. Mm-hmm. So much more intense than Mickey D is that uh, yeah. while the sound does bother me slightly, the the drumming is just on the next level and it still yeah. makes it better for me. Yeah, yeah, definitely. He is an awesome drummer. One of my top favorite drummers, if not one of my favorite drummers. But uh, yeah, he made a lot of really good stuff. Oh yeah, he freaking singer, Superman. guitarist, yeah, everything. Yeah. I own all his like solo stuff, all his bands that he's been in. I, I'm a collector of Snowy Thought, uh, Snowy Shaw stuff. Yeah. A collector of Snowy Thoughts. That was pretty. No, good. I just... <laughs> <laughs> that's creepy shit. That's not yeah. like a King Diamond album right there. Yeah, it does. I, I got a the box full of Snowy. Am <laughs> I gonna have to start this over? I got I got a box full of Snowy Thoughts right over there. Uh, what is he thinking today? I don't know. Uh, but anyway, so let's get to the eye. Uh, it is the fifth studio album by King Diamond, released in 1990. It continues to feature a major storyline, such as other King Diamond albums, uh, though this is told differently. The eye is the only album to feature drum- drummer Snowy Shaw, and the last to feature guitarist Pete Black and bassist Hal Patino, who ends up returning mm-hmm. for Abigail 2. Uh, the main parts of the story told in this album are true and took place during the French Inquisition in 1450 and 1670. All of the following characters are real from that period of time. Interesting story. I wasn't big into yeah. witches, but it's yeah. pretty cool. Everything's real except the actual eye of the witch. Right, yeah. That's the, yeah. Uh, that's the fictional tie-in to these different events yeah. over I don't know history. I don't know if anybody is yeah I don't know if anybody's been to Salem anybody yeah mm-hmm. I have and actually like I said this was the one I got first and um I thought it was really cool that uh, there was something historical about it and this really yeah. got me into history and shit actually yeah every time I've been there a few times and every time I go there I think of the eye cuz you know all the witches and stuff there so it's pretty cool all right, um, let's start with the first track, The Eye of the Witch, uh, an unnamed character finding a necklace called the eye that allows him or her to see the events the necklace witnessed in the past. Uh, I really like this track. It's a bit of a slow song as like a, for an opener. Uh, like, you know, mostly on the previous albums, they all open with pretty, you know, quick songs, but... Uh, yeah. What? I love this song. I love, love, love this song. I love yeah. everything about it. Yeah, and he still plays it, it today. It's a on, on, uh, different song. Yeah, yeah. It's a great song. It's great live. It's great on a record. Uh, the transitions between the different parts, of course, there's like a million different parts in this song. And the transitions are like seamless. It's just great. And I like how the verse is like really staccato. Bump, bump, bump. And then... It gets legato in the chorus. So it's like this texture. It's just got, it's just a well written song and it tells the story and the vocals are out of sight. The guitar solos are out of sight. So, yeah, yeah great opening it. track. Yeah, and so I wrote a lot of uh, catchy guitar work. What? Oh, yeah. 
it's uh, very memorable, very catchy. But uh, I, I love uh, Falco's keyboards on this, though. Sets the tone for the album very well. Oh, that's another thing, too. He's the, this is the last album he is on as well. Yep. Roberto Falco. But, um, yeah, as far as how smooth everything sounds together and just, uh, you know, how tight they're playing, one thing I really like about this record is that he dropped a lot of the grandiosity. This is probably the most stripped down he ever was, but... Uh, mm. It's 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 almost more raw and in line with like uh, early Maiden and the new wave of British heavy metal. I really like that feel to it. Yeah. There's certain songs that almost remind me of Thin Lizzy, actually. Huh? On King Diamond songs? Yeah. Really? Insanity. Yeah. Huh. I never even gave it a thought. Yeah. One thing I noticed on this song: there's not that many words, not many lyrics on this song. It's very like short. Huh. You're I was right. reading the lyrics and there's not yeah, much there's not much to it. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah, he does repeat a few of the lines yeah, quite a bit. He repeats though. the chorus a lot, so it's yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's catchy. so catchy, I'm glad he does, yeah. 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 Ralph. I know. I torment my husband. <laughs> I follow him around. I go, It's the eye of the witch. <laughs> All right, Ralph. I never, uh, I never forget the first time I heard this when I put the CD on. The first thing I thought was, "Oh my God, that's almost identical." The keyboards are almost identical to the Phantasm uh, theme, the movie Phantasm. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I never saw it. almost <laughs> identical. I mean, there's a little slight difference. I was like, "Is this about witches or Phantasm?" You know, it's about the flying ball. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I love this song. I love it's a great opening. It's got this epic feel, and then I like it even more when it kicks in. You know the, you know thunder brings the rain, penetrates mm. my brain. That part, yeah. and those yeah. noises King makes during that solo, like, <laughs> uh, and that solo, damn man, one of oh, Andy's, yeah. in yeah. my opinion. Oh. But there's there's some amazing solos on this album coming up too. Mm. I mean, one yeah, one really song. Is. One song. I'm not. I know a lot of people love. I'm not too crazy about it. But the solo saves the song for me. But we'll talk about that when we get it. But I love "Eye of the Witch." An awesome, great opener. A little different for King, but still, it sets the mood. Yeah. And it also, does. I I use this song. Uh, you know, edit it out a little bit. Uh, but I end the show with this song because I just <laughs> love how it starts, and then at the end, there's a solo at the end. It just sounds perfect, like as an ending of a show. You know. For our show, cool. Anyway. Uh, wait a minute before you move on to the next song. Like I said, this was the first uh King I got on CD, so I bought it, ran back to my house, got my Walkman, got a little bit of the sacrament, took it down there with me, and I fucking sat and listened to this album on the beach as the sun went down. Really? And I was like, dude, <laughs> <laughs> how I got to this album. Um, because you keep reminding me now that it was your first. Uh, a friend of mine in school, I just started sixth grade, and this new, new kid just came from nowhere. Nobody ever met him before. He was just a new kid, and he, he liked the metal. And he started talking to me about King Diamond, about this King Diamond guy that was, talked about witches and all this stuff in his album. So he's like, you got to buy it. My mother saw that I had it and saw that it was like kind of satanic or whatever, and she took it and threw it away on me. But you're going to like it, so go out and go buy it. So I, I did find it, and uh, I liked it. You know, it was weird, but, you know. I obviously I, I love it now because I, you know, we're doing a King Diamond show, but uh, yeah, it was strange at the time, but it's cool. I could never get used to his vocals. It took a long time to get used to the vocals. That's what a lot of people say. Yeah. It grows on you, you know. It right, either grows yeah. on you or just people go, "I love Merciful Fate," except for the singer, you yeah. know, that kind of thing. You know, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's just one of those things. Uh, the next song, "The Trial." Um, this one actually, this is where the actual story starts. This is where the characters come in. Uh, I'm not going to be able to pronounce some of these names, but Nicol- Nicholas de la Rene, uh, who is the head investigator of the Christian Burning Court uh, in Paris, France, uh, starts off the song with accusing uh, Gen- Gen- Genie? Right? Jean de Bassan. You are accused before the Burning Court. <laughs> How do you please? I did not hurt anyone. I, I <laughs> never done any harm to anyone. I don't believe this. 
so Leave the witch talk. to the dungeon for the test. Bring out the glowing gifts. Do it now! now. <laughs> and the best evil laugh. The best <laughs> evil laugh ever, I think, for King Diamond is in this song. <laughs> but uh, Janie's, uh, who was accused the uh, witch, is in court for practicing witchcraft, but she claims to never have done harm to anyone. Uh, they take her to the dungeon where I think she is raped, or it seems to be that way, where the lyrics say she's naked on the floor in the dungeon they want more. So I'm assuming she got raped, right? Lovely. Well, lovely they were definitely scene. heating up pins and sticking yeah. them into her skin. Yeah. So. Yeah, we're doing that. Uh, they stick her with needles and pins, as uh, Greg just described. And blood is everywhere while still insisting she never did any harm to anyone. Um, mm-hmm. This was not really one of my favorite tracks. It's basically just talking over music, in a way, just to tell a story, I think. Uh, I love which is, it. Yeah. I, I, I... It's okay. Uh, but uh, it's not bad, but... Uh, if they ever did this entire album live, it would be a cool visual, I think. You know, I think it'd be a cool song for them to play out, you know. Uh, but as a song itself, I usually skip this track. Uh, mm-hmm. I do like the diff. I do like the different voices that he used because I, I think, like in the previous album, he did like do use a lot of voices. But this album, he did a lot of different character voices, you know, like, especially yes, with the, with Janie's voice, you know, more of like a girl stuff. Yeah. It's I much more cool. structured here, too. Right. It's not right. quite as over-the-top, which is, yeah. I like a lot. Yeah, so that that's one thing yes. I do like about this song, because it introduces that. This uh, song is like, I realize it's only five minutes long. It's yeah. like got a hundred different parts, and it's five mm-hmm. minutes long. Yeah. I love this song. I love it. I do as well. I like the atmosphere. It uh, gives a vibe of like a courtroom in a dungeon. You know? Yes. Yeah. Echoing uh voices and uh you know uh, uh greg said like my favorite line bring out the glowing pins do it now but i also love when he goes uh, we are servants of god we yeah. believe in the devil we found the mark on you confess which i love that <laughs> yeah. it's just so in your face and 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 uh and that that's when it really kicks in you know oh yeah yeah never yeah, I love it. Yeah. Uh, you know who does a cover to this? Demi Borger. Really? Really? Demu? Oh, yep. I didn't know that. Oh, I gotta check that out. It, it might, it might yeah. have been like a, a, a bonus track or something. I don't know if they actually put it on an album, but yes, I have a CD with them doing it. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's cool. Right My favorite part in this song, it reminds me of Alice Cooper in a way. It's like swinging. Stick oh, yeah. a needle, I can yeah. imagine he's got like a top hat and a cane. Stick a needle, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I get, get you, witch. I get the vision of Spaceballs, the alien. Hello, my darling. Hello, my darling. Yes, exactly. That's, that's, it's, it's swinging, baby. <laughs> the top hat and cane. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Yeah, there's actually, there's a lot of kind of moments like that on here. And you mentioned Alice Cooper. It makes me think of Blue Oyster Cult a lot on certain yeah. parts of this record. Yeah, yeah, I can hear that. Interesting. All right, uh, we go to Burn. Uh, they take Janie to the hill to burn her at the stake. John. It's Janie. She says Janie. He says Janie on the, on the album. He says John. Just- I've li- because because they're French. But he says Janie. No, he doesn't. He says I've yes, listened to this record three times today. What I do you assure think you, it's Janie. It's Janie, right, Lisa? I don't think so, man. You don't think it's Janie? We're all up, we're all against you. Hey, don't you remember? <laughs> I mean, come on, man. I've got a Witchfinder General shirt on. I know about burning. <laughs> and I'm wearing a ghost shirt. What do I know? And, and, hey. and I'm the farthest thing from a happy. Look what I'm wearing. What the fuck am I doing? Uh, I don't even know why. Why I would wear this? Is that even your shirt? Did you even? Was that even your? No, it's my shirt. It's laundry day. So. I, I don't oh. Bottom line: Don't make your own wine. <laughs> uh. 
All right. They take Jean. Am I saying that correctly now, Greg? Mm -hmm. To the hill to burn her at the stake in the night. All while accusing her to, <laughs> to be the devil's child. She can't do anything but scream, why? Uh, oh, fuck. What did I do here? Oh, uh, and she burns. Lightning strikes. And, and her necklace flies into her eye. That's what I'm getting from the story here. Uh, after she was burned, nothing remained but the magic chain. So, this is how the eye got created. Uh, another song King still plays from time to time. Uh, for some reason, I always have a love-hate relationship with this song. Uh, it's grown on me over the years. Maybe the lyrics bother me a bit, because, you know, it's pretty graphic with, you know, burning her at the stake and everything. Um, but... I don't know. It's it's still a decent song. I don't mind it. It's my I favorite. like it. It's your yeah. favorite? It's yeah. my favorite really? track on this album, yeah. Uh, the melody line, you know, is so fast, badass, uh, catchy, and melodic, you know. And I believe, I could be wrong, but I believe this song was not played on the I-Tour. But then I saw right. them play it. I think he debuted it on either House of God or Puppet Master, because oh, I saw him play it yeah. on that, and the last time I saw him play, it was uh, the first encore. So, yeah, he oh. likes playing this one a lot. And uh, mm -hmm. my favorite line is, they say the devil is here tonight. Yeah. Let him play the violin so wild. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the keyboards like, are yeah, fucking totally. going with his voice the whole time. It's like Love. an old, hammer. It's like an old Vincent Price Hammer horror movie. Mm -hmm. yeah, but that that violin part always bothers <laughs> it's the Yamaha DX7, man. It's like the same keyboard they used in Star Trek The Next Generation, you know? It's just a little little cheesy. Yeah. But, you know, who cares? It's, you know, it was, what, 1990? Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. violin part always reminded me of uh, Devil Went Down to Georgia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably why I don't like this song. So much. <laughs> oh, dude, this song is so great, though. I love uh, Snowy's rhythm and his fills in this. Snowy especially does no wrong, during okay? the chorus. Huh? I, I know. Snowy does no wrong for me. <laughs> yeah, but this is just a great song. This is one of his best put together on here, I think. Interesting. Uh, two Little Girls. This is a very strange song. Uh, two little girls are playing on the hill at the stake where the witch was burned. They found the necklace. One of them looked deep into the eye. The horror that they saw made them choke forevermore, and then both of them died. Uh, even though this is basically just keyboards and King doing some uh, voice narrating and uh, some creepy voices, and the little girls, that, that, he does those pretty cool too, I think. Uh, it's a creepy song. Uh, you get the mm -hmm. vision in your head about the two little girls playing and everything, and uh, I, re I actually really like this song. It's memorable. It you is. know, I when I was listening to this the other day, and I w went out to take a walk, and I'm like, if only they could see. Yeah. You know, it's like it's like you hear this melody just repeating in your head. It's awesome, yeah. Yeah. love it. Yeah, and even the, the keyboard parts sound like you know one of those little uh, those those boxes. What do you call jewelry box that you open up or whatever? Play little. Music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lullaby. It's like a lullaby. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Real cool. It kind of reminds me of the movie Suspiria, like the vibe of this song. Um, you know, I love how King does that spoken word after he does the falsetto intro, you know, especially that part where he's like, the other looked without a sigh, right? Yeah. Which is I, the kind of horror they've ever seen made a joke forevermore. Yeah, you know, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's an odd tune, only keyboard, something not done before, I don't think, maybe as an intro, but not a full song. But the creepy keyboards and the storytelling make me dig it. Uh, as an album piece, but yeah. but it's hard. I have a hard time actually calling this a song. Right. Even though it is a song. Mm. But uh, yeah, it's good. I like it. It keeps me interested. Sheer brilliance. Best horror theme track he's ever done. <laughs> Classic. It kind of re reminds me of, a little bit of the intro to them. A little bit. But it's better than that. But it's better. That's it's what better. I mean. His voices are so much more refined now. Like, I mean, I like Grandma and all that shit, but uh, you know, it was a little campy, kind of like a fucking Roger Corman movie or something. Nah. Yeah. There's, like here, the, the, the little girls, they're actually believable, and the way he switches back between his falsetto and then the narrator voice, it's just put together great. Yeah. 
And um, like like Ralph was saying about Suspiria, the keyboards on this had that very unsettling feel where you can almost feel it in your bones. It's like watching an old Giallo film almost. Yeah. That's why I get that vibe of Suspiria. Listen, listen to yep. this. Yeah. It's like when I first, when we first got this album, I was, it was the first time I've ever heard anything like that before on, on a record. You know, just strange. Came out of nowhere. Yeah, it's furthering a story. Yeah. It's all about telling the story. Yeah, it's it's, it's great. Clever. Yeah. It's creepy. And that, that's another thing about this record, though. Like, on some of the previous ones, like I've said before, especially on conspiracy some of the songs that uh further the story get a little drawn out and boring that doesn't happen here i feel like everything just works perfectly mm-hmm. it's just oh, it's, really? it, 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 it's 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 <laughs> it's less on. progressive really later on like to bitch about that the rest but... of the album i don't know i think really? the, well we'll talk about the final cuts when we get there oh, wow. the last few cuts we'll talk so, about those this oh is not God. a concept album, right? It's just stories of the, no, it's kind of, the it's witches a, burning back then. No, the different witches, no? No, it's no. about one, one witch. Okay. Yeah, it's, I mean, he, he took no, two women stuff. killed as witches from history in the same convent by the same people and connected them through the plot device of the eye yeah. necklace. Yeah. Yeah. So, so he kind of made yeah. his own concept with it but used real elements from history right. and I, actually the first part is about jean yeah and then when it gets to the second part it's a, it's you know it's more about the eye and all the other new people characters that are involved with the eye that's when the eye story kind of gets you know more into uh, the story so it's kind of actually like two stories in a way it's almost like three stories really Oh, yeah, you start with the witch burning, the witch and then you start with you know the Father the... David, yeah. and then Father uh-huh. David's out of the picture, and then Father Picard is like, then they're like, you know, all being mind controlled by Father Picard. So it's like three stories. <laughs> yeah, then the other. I, I live all tied together. <laughs> it's only three uh, stories. No, six stories. Seventeen. What? Oh. <laughs> what, what, what's the fourth one about how Father Picard invented roofies? <laughs> Belladonna roofies. Yeah. I wonder if he was friends with Bill Cosby. Yeah. Ooh. Nah. Hey. Hey, hey you, I got you, some pudding. Yeah, the proof Here's is in pudding. the pudding. <laughs> the, the roof. The roof is in the pudding. Father Picard's nah. pudding right here. <laughs> Uh, too funny. All right. Well, <laughs> last song on side one, uh, into the convent. Uh, a new new character comes into play. Uh, Madeline. Madeline. Jeez. Uh, Bavent. Bavent. How would you say it, uh, Greg? It doesn't matter. She's eighteen year old um, French nun who entered the convent at Louviers in sixteen twenty five, after having been seduced by a priest. Uh, she wants to be clean again and heads to the convent where she is met by Father David. Things aren't as they seem when Father David tells Madeline he is the master to kiss his cross at communion time. She must be undressed. She woke up on a cold floor and found the eye necklace. She put it on around her neck. The next day at communion time, she makes Father David look at the eye and he dies. Interesting story. Uh, I really like the intro to this song. I like how it's got that keyboard, that like spooky keyboard, and then Snowy comes in with those drums, like you know, going all over the place. Yeah, and then the that big build up th- is cool. Yeah, the real build up is cool. Yeah. And then they've got that big thunder sound that starts the whole song, and then he does the double bass stuff. Um, I like the vocals on this song a lot. I like the guitar melodies between the verses. I think that's really cool. Uh, I also like the part where Father David comes in, and the song gets like really dark, and King changes up his vo- vocals. Uh, the lyric, the lyrics fit with the music really well, and it tells a very good story. Uh, and I really like this as an ending to the first half of the album. It's a great song. Yeah, um, this is the one, man. Look, I really like the song, but I gotta say, man, I even took my little note here. Mm-hmm. Uh, between three forty-four and four eighteen, that guitar solo and drum 
inter yeah. intertwining each other mm-hmm. takes this song even to another level. Like, man, this is a cool song. Then this happens. It's like, God damn, it's even cooler. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I even like the solo and what they do, what Snowy and Andy do in this song. Mm. Musically, my favorite part of the song. Yeah. yeah. I something agree. about it that sounds like it might just the way it sounds and feels that it feels to me like something that could have been on Fatal Portrait. It just has oh, that yeah. spooky yeah, vibe that Fatal Portrait had. Especially like in the verse lines with into the convent, a smile on her face, like during that yeah. part, the way his yeah. voice is carrying, it totally sounds like yeah. Yeah, very fatal portrait kind of it's kind of just it's it also kind of reminds me of Sabbath Born Again in a way. That oh, just yeah. the vibe of that bit. album, yeah, just the, the, the kind of spooky vibe of that album. I don't know the way the guitars just like kind of march in. Yeah, it's definitely. Just, yeah, yeah like so, that little yeah. build in the beginning of Sarah. Yeah. Another yeah, yeah, one of yeah, my yeah. favorite albums of all time. <laughs> I can't <laughs> live without Born Again. Me too. Just to get off track for a second, Born Again, man. I love the production <laughs> of Born Again. Everybody hates it. Sounds it's grungy, bloody, and dark, and yeah, I, I love it too. And I don't grungy. care. I don't care what anybody ever says. Who the fuck sung in what lineup? Disturbing the priest is my favorite Black Sabbath song ever. And that mm-hmm. laugh Gillen does at the beginning of that. Oh man, the sickest screams ever caught on tape, in my opinion. Yeah, especially at the end when he really goes off with ah, and then he ends it with ah. <laughs> all right enough of born again <laughs> i love the production because it's so dark and dirty and it, i do not want to hear that album cleaned up it would suck you know it sounds yeah. like it was recorded in a dungeon in a castle like it was and people are like, i would like the album more if the production was better it was like you suck it's like hotter than hell kiss hotter than hell same hotter thing. than hell is another one man i Blood think it sounds because <laughs> it sounds like it's recorded in a tunnel, but the songs are kind of dark with watching you and strange ways. Yep. I want to yep. hear those songs like that. You know, I wouldn't like going blind as much if it didn't sound like that. That's right. She really works. For... Uh, yes. Parasite it's... is another one that benefits hugely from that. Oh, song. yeah. Love that. My favorite kiss album by yeah. song. Now that yeah, brings so me to... now we're talking about kiss and black yeah. That's wow. fun. But now that, that brings me to a question. If this album was done with regular drums without the electronic drums, would you like this more or would you like it less? I'd like, like it if they better. redid it, you would like it better? I would totally like it better. I would like it better with better keyboard sounds too. Yeah. Yeah. They just sound dated. Right. Cheesy. See, I like that though because you know it kind of fits the the, the feel of the fucking Witchfinder Generals and Pit and the Pendulum yeah. movies. I mean, even modern Dimu has cheesy keyboards, you know. Mm. So I kind of like that too. What the hell? Yeah, why not? Retro. All right, that's right. <laughs> All right, so the the eye. Mm-hmm. Uh, any uh, any uh, stories about the eye? You know, working recording on the eye. Uh, no, just that it was, you know, it was, uh, it was a tighter budget on the eye because, like I said, that was the last album for Roadrunner. Mm. And, uh, and, uh, like we mentioned already a couple of times here on this interview, that metal was kind of yes. drowning in all that crap that came out. And, and so it was, it was, uh, it was uh, it was not like them and conspiracy, which I loved those two albums, both song wise and recording wise. I mean, the Eye is a killer album. Yeah. Nothing, nothing wrong with that. It's just that we were in Denmark recording it, and you know, I like the U.S. better than Denmark. Really? Yeah. Mm. So you, and. That, that... Um, <clears throat> Yeah. So that had uh, studios or Yeah, we were in the we were in the Fleming, you know, the old uh, Metallica producer in his okay. studio. Okay. Yeah. Fleming wow. Erasmus. Huh? 
Yes. Cool. Yeah. How was it like working with him? Because he's but, produced um, a lot of really great albums. Yeah. Was he was he difficult to work with a little bit or no? No, we didn't. He wasn't producing our album. It was Roberta. Oh no! Yeah, that's we right. just, okay. we just we just rented his. Oh, I just uh, rented his studio. Uh, studio. Okay, all right. Yeah, I don't think I I don't think he was involved. I mean, maybe he was a little bit. Uh, I can't remember he was, but uh, maybe. So I don't, you know, step on someone's toes. But uh, okay. as far as I remember, you know, I can't remember him was involved. Yeah. So did King come up with any of the uh, the musical parts or anything for the albums, or did he just mostly come up with the lyrics and that was your guys' part for the music? No, King he, King wrote most of the stuff. You know, he uh, he always done, uh, yeah. except for the I that they let me contribute. You know, I I was um, I had a lot of songs, but every album was already kind of written and uh, I didn't want to interfere or you know be a nagging piece of crap you know so I just let it be but on the eye you know finally uh, we were talking and and uh, I said can I have a couple of songs you know on the album you know or maybe we can co-write or say yeah you, you know give me give me a couple of songs and I came up with something and uh, Father Picard was chosen mm. Cool. You have a favorite song off the eye? Um, favorite song on the eye? Uh, not really. Wow. Eye of the Witch is a cool song. Yeah, that seems like the only like one he really one. plays. Hmm. Actually, now yeah. he's he's uh, he added back in uh, what's that song? Behind these walls. He back, added that back into the new uh, new. Um, Set list. Oh, yeah, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because usually he only plays the uh, the Eye of the Witch and then um, what's the other one? Uh, Burn, I think. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. Burn. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so, those are cool songs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's a cool. One. Actually, it's my first King Diamond album. So when I first heard it. Uh, I was I was just getting into metal, so it was kind of hard for me to get used to his vocal style. Mm-hmm. So I love the music. It's just his vocals were just a little bit too much for me because I wasn't into that that high pitched screaming kind of thing. I just I don't know. It just no. took me it took me a long time to get really used to that. Did you have that same problem mm-hmm. when you um, when you joined the band? Like, did you like say ah, I don't know about that the vocals? No, not really, uh, because I've heard King for so many years, uh, yeah. both members of Faith and and followed the band. And since I was involved from the you know very first beginning, yeah. uh, no, no. So but uh, I know that people you either love it or yeah. you you can't stand it. You know, it's no it's no like middle of the road. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. it's so extreme. Mm-hmm. It's so extreme, and. Uh, but like I said, I can, I can, um, I had, you know, admir- more, more uh, respect, admiration today because of, of everything he does uh, right. than back in the days when I was in the band. And, yeah. and I can see that the hardcore fans that, that figured that out, uh, you know, they can really get into all that what he's doing with the different voices i mean it's not only high pitched you know right he, yeah. um, and, and he followed the storyline uh, at least on the albums that i was on you know them conspiracy and the eye and and um and i think it's it's freaking genius i think i love it yeah uh what can you say anything what what the fight was between mickey d and king Hmm, I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Probably money. I have no idea. Yeah. Sounds about right. Usually it's. <laughs> now, if um, if King asked you to come back to the band uh, for the uh, Spider's Lullaby album, would you have went? Or were you done by then? Sure. Yeah? Sure. Yeah, that would have been interesting if he came back. 
because it was almost yeah. like he he started over again, you know. Mm-hmm. In a way. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Any more? Uh, any more interesting stories you can give us? You have to read my book. <laughs> when is this book going to come out? Uh, I started to do layouts. Uh, I have a one possibility title. Yeah. From hell and back again. Okay. Mm-hmm. And um, it's going to be interesting because uh, the truth and nothing but the truth. So help me. <laughs> <laughs> Anything that's going to get wait. you in trouble? No, no, no. Okay, good. I mean, oh. there was this. There's so many stories you can't even believe. You can make a movie about the stuff I'm going to write. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Any idea? To it. Yeah, definitely. Any idea when it might come out? Maybe next year? Mm, depends on... I, I got to find a, I I have a guy that's a possible ghostwriter because mm. I'm not going to write it myself. I got to have someone help me with that. Yeah. Uh, and if he can't do it, I have to find someone else and uh preferably uh it would be you know uh, english speaking ghostwriter because i would like to write in english first and then translate it instead of doing opposite like writing swedish and then go back to english right but uh we'll see we'll see definitely can't wait for that why everybody's writing books nowadays Yeah, because, you know, uh, we have a story to tell. Yeah, definitely. That's why That's why we, when me and Greg uh, wanted to start doing this, uh, we wanted to try to get as many people that were involved in King Diamond's bands as we could. Because there's a lot of people, like, especially like you, you know, a lot of people haven't heard from you in a long time. I'm also mm-hmm. trying, to, I'm trying to get uh, a hold of Kim Ruz because people are just dying to hear from him because, God, he hasn't been heard from from like 80, what, 83, 84? Yeah. yeah, he just disappeared. Yeah. So I think it's really yeah. cool that uh, you know you, you gave us the opportunity to uh, you know talk to you and hear your side of the story and how things were in the band back when when you were there. Yeah, you know, we, like I said, we have a story to tell. We who were back, you know, came from the seventies. Mm-hmm. You got to realize that there were no, you know, after the the new wave of British heavy metal, you know, when when Iron Maiden and um, I was actually there's a Swedish band called EF Band. Have you heard of that band? No. Yes. Of course yeah. you have, Craig. So EF, <laughs> yeah. So EF Band were the one of the first metal bands in Sweden. You know, uh, was no one playing. And um, there's a funny story. I can give you this one. Uh, you know who ran the fan club for EF Band? In US? No. No. Lars Ulrich. Ah, okay. <laughs> I'm not surprised. That's pretty yeah. cool. No, he, he was heavily involved in all those bands and, you know, had a kind of fan scene or something like that. That's what I've heard anyway. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Uh, I haven't talked to Lars about it. But it doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, so EF Band was one of the first metal. They, they actually got a major deal with Vertigo and a lot of English bands opened up for them um, in Europe, like England, you know, when new wave of British heavy metal started. Mm. Like, I think Samson opened up for them. I think Def Leppard and maybe Iron Maiden uh, because they were really big, especially in in Great Britain, in England. But one of those bands, you know, never took off. Nothing right. happened, and 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 when I joined, the band was kind of dying, you know. Yeah. Um, but uh, that was my first step. I was 17 years old. Moved. I moved from my whole town, uh, my hometown, to Gothenburg just for joining that band, um, wow. because I was tired of people in my hometown who wasn't going anywhere. You know, they weren't hungry enough uh, yeah. you know uh, and I had, I had I had my my band Tracer and then I had Crystal Thanatos 
and um, um, by accident, I got the gig in in the EF band. So I moved to Gothenburg. That's where I met Mickey D. He was he, we had a rehearsal place called Free Susat, and wow. um, uh, so I heard this guy because I was down, you know, practicing during the day, and uh, this drummer came down and practicing, you know, during the day. So I was like curious, like so I looked in, and there was Mickey D. Wow. Uh, and he was playing in a Swedish band uh, back then, like more like pop, kind of rock and roll. Mm. Anyway, mm-hmm. so we became friends. And uh, when the chance came up, uh, this Danish singer, Jens from Bratz, he was looking for musicians. So me and Mickey and Jens formed uh, Geisha. And uh, that's where it all started. Yeah. Yeah. So um, you guys, you guys only. Well, go ahead, Greg. I was gonna say, any chance of that record ever getting a re-release? Which one, Geisha? Uh, Geisha, yeah. Yeah. No, I don't think so. I, I, ah. I. Was someone called me a year ago? I think maybe. Yeah, year, maybe two years, and wanted to. Uh, so they did some kind of re-release, but you know, I think that Jens. Uh, mm-hmm. kind of um, put his own song so it's not Geisha, it's Jens you know, because he oh. kind of continued on he changed the name of the band so he, he renamed it to Y and, you know, like the letter Y mm-hmm. spells his name and um, so he put a couple of Geisha songs and a couple of songs that I wrote that he actually he stole and renamed <laughs> them uh, and and they did a re-release with that material but uh, I don't know where it came out on what label or nothing but I I think it, uh, they released something you've got to google it mm. okay but yeah, the best so. stuff that we did was that we had some amazing demos with Geisha in the in the right before uh, I joined King hmm. uh, in um, late 87, beginning of 88 there. We did a couple of demos uh, that was freaking awesome with Geisha. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You those, those demos. You got to put those out. Really, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'd love to hear that. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of fans would like to hear your other albums because, uh, like, the Black Totem stuff, all that stuff's, like, out of print. The disaster, uh, disaster piece, you know, people can't buy that stuff no more. No. I was looking for labels for years to re- because the the U.S. Where are you guys from? Uh, I'm from New York. Yeah. Uh, Minneapolis. You doesn't sound like New Yorkers, but anyway. So, um, uh, Not enough I cursing. for years. <laughs> yeah, I tried for years to get, you know, someone here in the U.S. to release the Black Totem because uh, the U.S. Uh, fans never got a chance because it got released on the CMC records in Europe uh, and uh, nothing over here. And then that label folded or got bought up by some other label uh, right before, you know, uh, this guy FCMC, he really believed in the Black Totem stuff. He said, "This is going to be huge. We're going to, you know, put some money into it." And and uh, at the same time, some other label bought the whole CMC. So I ended up in a uh-huh. my CDs ended up in a basement, you know, in some boxes somewhere in Denmark. Wow! And no one cared. So I was thinking of you know getting the U.S. fans a chance to to buy it, but. I haven't, you know, worked hard enough on it, so you know, to to get it out. So mm-hmm. it's just sitting there. I, I mean, I, it's still there, you know, the CD. But you can probably buy it on eBay or something. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for like three hundred dollars. <laughs> I actually I was one, on. Uh... I have one CD in my hand right here. Oh yeah, I'll give you my address right now. <laughs> right now I have <laughs> I was uh, I was on YouTube earlier, and um, some of the songs are on on YouTube from that album, and uh, and that's pretty cool stuff. It actually would hold up for today because it sounds it sounds like something that would come out today, you know. At least from what yeah, I I, heard. I like it. 
I thought it sounded yeah, really cool. Like and, you're, and you're singing on it too, right? I believe. Yeah, 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 I do. Not a bad singer either. Nah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I would have done better today because you didn't have a clue back then. You just went right. in and just, you know, you know, screamed your ass off. But, um, <laughs> you know, it's pretty cool. I mean, it's uh, a couple of songs, Sin After Sin, I like. Yeah. And I like that Had Enough of You, that's uh, a classic. Do you want me to send you one? Yeah, of course. Send me your address uh, on the text on this phone so I can send you a couple. All right. Awesome. I will. And send a Greg one, too. <laughs> <laughs> you got to share. All right. All right, fine. I'll share. Well, then he's got to send it to me. I mean, come on, New York, Minneapolis. That's an easy choice. <laughs> <laughs> if you had to ch- if you had to choose, come on, New York or Minneapolis, what would you choose? New York. Yeah, see that, Greg? You lost. I got to agree with leaving. New York's all right if you like saxophones. <laughs> Minneapolis, man. Those, those, they're going crazy over there. Of course they are. <laughs> That's why he moved. I'm at, yeah, I'm actually originally from Philly. That's why I give him so much crap about New York. <laughs> Philly's a cool town. Mm-hmm. The Flyers. Yes. Are you into hockey? Oh, I love hockey. Yeah, that's my team yeah. right there. Pelle Lindbergh, uh he was my hero. When I was I was playing hockey all the way up to when music took over. Mm. Oh wow! I was, I was actually yeah, I was actually pretty good. I was uh, uh, we had like a pre-national team kind of um, that I played on, but then when music, you know, took most of the time, you know, I have to argue with with uh, my bandmates. You know, when I came from hockey practice, I always came late to rehearsal. <laughs> So they kind of choose now, dude. And you chose music. You chose wisely. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. Oh yeah. So my son took it over. So I have two sons playing hockey. They are awesome. My oh, really? uh, my oldest son, he played college hockey in the U.S. Oh wow! And he's still on the on. Um, he was a goalie as me, so he's uh, number six. At that university, ever in in uh, saving stats. Oh wow! Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. What's your he other play, son? He played for Pittsburgh State University. Pittsburgh. Okay. Hmm. <coughs> is that Max. something? Is that something he might uh, want to you know get into the the big leagues? Doing. Oh or yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. He. Uh, He's playing now in Division Two in Sweden. He wants to come over here and play professional. There's there's a couple of leagues under NHL, you know, like mm-hmm. uh, EH, EH, no ECHL and SPHL, which are pretty good professional leagues. Mm. And um, that's his goal to so come over and, and play over here. Nice, cool. What your other son do? But but you know my oldest son the the goalie he's also an awesome drummer that's that's so pretty right. you know I try to get my sons to get into music uh-huh. and um, I haven't succeeded but you know he's he's such a talent he yeah. he can just sit down on drum set and just play you know yeah. it's just in him right and it it saddens me that he hasn't done anything with it because uh, yeah you know how that is when you see uh-huh. a guy with that talent and. Um, mm-hmm. Choose to do nothing. Yeah, yeah. That it's. Uh, I also have a band, and uh, my guitarist. He's an awesome guitarist, but um, I don't know. Lately, he seems to have lost the passion to play guitar, and I, I just I think he's crazy. I, I don't mm. get it. But you, even with the way like the music scene is now, you think that it, it would be wise for your son to get into music more than sports? Because I would think sports is. Uh, you know, you make more money with sports. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, and it's so hard. Music scene now. I mean, yeah, come on. Yeah, because everybody, it's their like, brother has a band, and it's just like trying to get out there and, and make it big is like impossible. Yeah, bigger chance to win a lotto. You know, yeah, exactly. I mean, no one, no one buys records anymore, and you know, 
what the heck is going on with with uh, all that you know uh, what was it what is it the d- digital crap mm-hmm. um, yeah iTunes and Spotify and all that crap yeah yeah, yeah. I mean they killed everything they killed yeah. that whole thing yeah yeah I'm sure you've seen a you lot know? because you you were around the period where all the, the where vinyl was still huge oh yeah you know listen I I went and bought the first Kiss album. How do you mm-hmm. think that felt? Yeah. <laughs> in the record store. And you're holding that album. It's like, wow. You yeah. Know? yeah. That must and have been I amazing. Bought, bought, yeah, it was amazing. And the first Van Halen album, when that came out, I had a friend. He was uh, importing, because back then you could import from Japan, because they were, they were ahead of all the records uh, were released later in Sweden, in a way. Oh. And he told me, like, oh, I have this band, you know, you got to hear it, it's crazy. You know, when, when Van Halen did Eruption. Because, mm-hmm. yep. oh, yeah. you know, when you got to imagine now, uh, this is, you know, no one heard nothing like that. Yeah, and exactly. you hear Eruption, yep. you know. Then they go like, what? <laughs> what is this? Right. Yeah, that was, so, that's like the beginnings yeah, of, so of heavy metal right there, right? Well, I was like listening to Black Sabbath when I was, yeah. you know, we would sneak in and, and uh, you know, like, uh, steal uh, my friend's brother's al- albums and listen mm-hmm. to them. Mm-hmm. Ma- Master, Master of Reality yeah. were one of the records we listened to. Yeah. On and on and on and on. Yeah, but they didn't do uh, you know blistering solos like uh, Eddie Van Halen did, you know. No, 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 no. Of course yeah. not. Of course yeah. not. Yeah, the Eddie was like the the birth of that style of uh, metal. Yeah, and then came Ingvi and blew yeah. everyone away. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> who was who was uh, the guitar player that influenced you? Um, Billy Gibbons. Okay. From the early start, you know. Wow. Uh, okay. Cause if he, but then, of course, Michael Schenker uh, was a big hero for me, um, as much as uh, Richard Blackmore. Mm. Richard Blackmore was my number one. Yeah. Hero. Yep, I love Mark II, Deep Purple. <laughs> yeah, he was. He was. He was one of a kind. When when. Uh, so, uh, I mean, when when the purple in the days, no one played like him. Mm. You gotta you realize, you know, this the stuff he did back then was as amazing as when Van Halen came out and did his stuff. Yeah. I guess that's why you did a um, uh, a rainbow tribute band not too long ago. No, it has nothing to do with that. It's just I was no? asked by some guys in my hometown if I wanted to, you know, because they're going to use my name to draw people to the, uh. <laughs> to the gig. And, oh, okay. uh, yeah. And so I, I did it, you know, just for fun because uh, he's a friend of mine and he, he's never been in any bigger bands, like local bands and stuff. And uh, it was, we did it. It was fun, uh, you know. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, what's the business that you're doing now? Is there anything that you would want anybody to know about, or? Oh no, it's too shady. Too shady. <laughs> <laughs> Is it real? Really? No, I'm. I'm just. I'm doing business <laughs> all over the world. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So no, no website you didn't want anybody to check out or anything. Nope. No. No website. No website. All right. So just everybody be on lookout for Pete Black's book. That's right. Yeah, you better. And expect some exciting news, maybe, about Disaster Piece. Yeah, or, or, that, some, or that something else. Give me a phone call and say, hey, you're back in the band. <laughs> yeah. We could only hope. Hey, Mike Weed's going to be busy with Merciful Fate, so he might need exactly. to break. You might need a break. Yeah. 
What the? I mean, he can he can do the Mr. Face stuff, and I do the King Diamond stuff. Yeah. Don't you think? Yeah, I think yeah. so. Why not? Yeah. If yeah. he's not going to let Michael Denner come back, what the hell's the difference? You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Yeah. What do you think? What do you think about that with the uh, the reunion without Michael Denner? I mean, I understand what it's about. It's uh, you know about the last lineup, but yeah, I mean, I think that there is no merciful fate without Michael Denner. Right. Because so Michael either. Denner is the godfather of heavy metal. He is merciful fate with King, of course. Yeah. Uh, you know, but um, yeah, but who am I to you know have any opinions about that? I have no idea what was going on. I just saw that they released it, and I saw that Denner was an in, mm. so I I just sent him a message and say what's going on, yeah. you know. And he said, yeah, I just heard about it two days mm. ago. He said, yeah. So, so I have no idea. But yeah, thank you very yeah, much for it, uh, it, thank you. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank I really appreciate it, and I'm glad we worked this out. And I'll let you know when we uh, put this up, all right? Okay, cool. All right, thanks a lot. Have a good night. Take care. You, you too. too. Bye. Goodbye.